It's quite often that we have baptisms at this Mass. And I'm sure you have noticed that after the baptism and the anointing with the sacred chrism, the minister of the baptism puts the white cloth on the child and then takes the baptismal candle, lights the baptismal candle with or from the paschal candle and says to the child, receive the light of Christ. This happened at your baptism, it happened at my baptism, it happened at your child's baptism, at every baptism. We all receive in that baptismal candle the very light and the life of Christ. And then the celebrant some says something to the parents and the godparents. I generally make it a point to emphasize this. I tell the parents and godparents, even though this light is entrusted to your child who right now does not understand what he or she is doing, the church says to you, this child of yours has been enlightened by Christ. He or she must always walk as a child of the light. May he or she keep the flame of faith alive in his or her heart. When the Lord comes, may he or she go out to meet him with all the angels and saints in the heavenly kingdom. This last sentence, this last sentence, when the Lord comes, may he or she go out to meet him with all the saints in the heavenly kingdom. It's taken directly from today's gospel reading. Remember that in today's parable, there were 10 maidens, five wise and five foolish, and the ones who were wise were the ones whose light or the lamp was still burning when the bridegroom arrives. The symbolism of the lighted candle is simply this, that our baptism at which we receive the new life of Christ is an invitation to live that new life wisely and not foolishly, with faith rather than faithlessly, in anticipation of Christ's coming rather than aimlessly. In other words, our baptism is a commitment to intentional living. I have titled this homily, The Wisdom of Intentional Living. And here are my three points or three practical implications for today. Let's talk about wisdom, first of all, and how can we become wise? Are there ways in which we can be wise people? So in the gospel reading, it was the wise maidens that welcomed the bridegroom. Catholics 
consider wisdom as one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Even though it is given to us as a gift, Scripture also tells us that wisdom must be sought. Yes, it is a gift, but you got to seek wisdom. As today's first reading from the book of wisdom says, she, or wisdom, is readily perceived by those who love her and found by those who seek her. So where and how is wisdom to be sought? Folks, wisdom can be discovered. There are many places and ways to do that. For example, wisdom is waiting to be discovered in the scriptures. The scriptures are, the scripture is the wisdom of God. We find wisdom in the life and the message of Jesus, really contemplating Jesus' life, his message, his death. There's wisdom in it. Wisdom is in the totality of human knowledge of the sages, the mystics that have enlightened and they have communicated it to us. Wisdom also comes from life experiences. Those of us who have lived quite a few years, we have learned from our experiences. And those of us who are younger, we can learn from the life experiences of those who've passed before us. People who seek wisdom read. They reflect and they pray regularly. People who seek wisdom strive to deepen their relationship with God as time goes by. People who seek wisdom pay attention to the lives of those who've changed the course of human history, both good and bad. We have had leaders who brought great comfort and freedom to the world, but there are leaders who've led the world into darkness. We can learn from from all of them. People who seek wisdom look for the deeper meaning of daily life experiences. Isn't it true that in reality nothing is what it looks like? There's always a deeper reality to everything in our lives and wise people look deep. People who seek wisdom are the ones who look for the deeper reality of life. And to those who seek wisdom, Scripture says, she comes. So the next question is also important. So am I wise? Are you wise? How do we know we are wise people? In the parable of the ten maidens, what set apart the wise from the foolish was that the wise maidens brought flasks of oil with them just in case the bridegroom was delayed. Foresight. They were wise. They were prudent. They, were, they had foresight. And this is what I'm calling intentional living. The wise maidens kept the big picture in mind. Wise people always 
look at the big picture. The practical implication for us is that we live life today keeping in mind our origin and our destiny. That's the big picture. That is what I mean by intentional living, the wisdom of intentional living. To live wisely and intentionally means that we never forget where we have come from, to whom we belong now, and where we are going. And foolishness is to live life as if only the present matters. To live with the consciousness of eternity makes us approach life with humility. Eternity makes us evaluate the meaning of life very differently. Eternity compels us not merely to be intelligent people, but to be wise people. And this is what I mean, that we live today keeping both our origin and our destiny in mind. And finally, wisdom here and now. Parables like the ones that we have today, folks, in reality were meant to deal with the issue of the delay of the second coming of Christ. Now, most of us know that in the New Testament, even Jesus and the early Christians believed in the second or in the, in the imminent second coming of Christ. You know how scriptures will tell you that the second coming would happen even before this generation would pass away. So there was this anticipation that Christ was going to come tomorrow, the day after, if not next week, but very soon. However, the ground reality began to change as the parousia or the second coming kept getting delayed. People were beginning to get both concerned and careless because of the delay of the second coming. So the parable of the ten maidens was meant to invite people to not lose their goal in life just because the second coming was delayed. Note that in the parable, the maidens, the wise and the foolish, fell asleep. They all fell asleep. It's a commentary on what's happening in the early Christian church. People are beginning to get careless. 2,000 years later, we join the early Christians in anticipation of the second coming. We are still waiting. We may not believe that it's going to happen tomorrow or the day after, but we join the early church in waiting for the second coming. But here is the irony of it all. The same Christ who we hope to meet at his second coming is also the same Christ who's present to us today. In the scriptures that we just read, in the Eucharist that we're about to celebrate, in this gathering, in the person sitting next to you, in the stranger that we might either accept or embrace in the hungry, in the thirsty, in the naked, in the homeless, 
And in those in prison, Christ still comes to us. Think about this for a moment. Perhaps we will be only as ready for the second coming of Christ as we are today. This is not the time to fall asleep. This is the time to let the light of faith burn in our hearts. And this is the meaning of intentional living. Folks, the Eucharist is a source of wisdom and provides us the grace. This Eucharist gives us the grace to live wisely, to live intentionally. And today, let us, as we receive Christ, seek that wisdom and receive that grace. People of God said,